truth and the life this morning. If we surrender our ways to you, you will direct our paths. The confusion will disappear and a new purpose will happen in our life. And that is to glorify the one who gave us hope and everything in Jesus' name. The greatest gift that we could ever have without any question is Jesus. And I always ask myself, why do I deserve above other people to know him? Why even, God? Why would you allow me the blessing of knowing Jesus? There is obviously the story of Christ's birth in Luke chapter 2. But there's another story that people don't see wrapped right inside of that. My words will be brief this morning. But wrapped inside of the, the Christmas story of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is a story of a man by the name of Caesar. The Caesars thought that they were everything. They were like God on a pedestal, and no one was to worship anyone else but them. Self-adoration was manifested in this man who had risen to power and now has heard about a baby that's being born. And the tales got all the way back to him that shepherds even left their sheep on the hillside to find the one that supposedly the star had shone for. He didn't want any star shining for anyone else but him. The, the birth of Christ has got to be the most humbling experience anyone could possibly have. It says in Luke chapter 2, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree and a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Picture this. Picture this with me. And I know you've done it all the way through your life. If you focus that all on the Christ story, Mary and Joseph, who have already faced extreme ridicule and criticism, people accusing them of something that they knew was not the truth, but they had no lawyers, they had no money to defend themselves. People thought that Mary was illegitimately impregnated by this man, Joseph. And then you got to picture this. A, a decree is put out by Caesar, who was head of the Roman world, but for all of the territories that Mary and Joseph lived in, and so they were to leave Nazareth and go up to Bethlehem. When I studied this week, I found something that I really had not grabbed onto in the past, and it was this, that it wasn't just a nice leisurely walk from there to Bethlehem. It was an excruciating walk full of pain. One that was demanded by the Caesar or they could be killed. And so they went on this journey knowing that they had to get there to pay their taxes. A journey of some 90 miles. In order to understand what Jesus did for us, you have to understand, he could have broke out of that baby's body instantly and said, this is over, this is done, I'm throwing in the towel, I quit. But he went with this girl that he was engaged to be married to, who was pregnant through God, who no one could possibly imagine. So he must have been guilty of sinning against God and claimed to be such a spiritual person. And they went on a journey on a road that certainly would be full of danger. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that she rode on a donkey. It's a myth. It was just assumed. Rich people used horses and donkeys, but she had nothing. 
he had nothing. Picture a nine-month pregnant woman walking even nine miles, much less 90. And by the way, it does not say in Scripture that angels came to the shepherds and sang. They just came with great joy. We've added all these nice, pretty pictures to the actual biblical account, which is almost frightening when you think about it. Think of it. There's this tiny little baby boy inside of this woman who is soon to give birth. I, I, I shared this this week to some of the staff and, and our praise band and stuff that we've been blessed this year to have new babies. I got one through my daughter and her husband, Nick. We just love her. She looks like a little Christmas baby this morning. You, if you've had babies, you understand this. They bring great joy. Yes, they do. They're amazing. The Pritchards were praying that they could have a child. Praying and not being successful. And actually, this is, this is actually interesting. They came forward when we had prayer up here in the front. And Pastor Nick and Lexi were over here to pray over them that they could get pregnant. And they were trying. And then Lexi looked over at Nick and said, will you anoint me and pray for me too? Because they didn't get pregnant. But had not told anybody. From that day on, God bless, and we have little Selah. I, I want to say this. I, I need to interject this. God is amazing, amazingly more powerful than you think. Just think of the ridicule. Just think of the fear that Mary had to have, thinking, I can't walk 90 miles. That's not even possible. They said it took six or seven days at least to walk through rough terrain, some through valleys and hills and stony ground. Where did they get their water, their drink for all those days? Where, where did they get their food? What about the hazards along the road? And what about the fact that she didn't have a donkey? Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. And she had to walk. And was he saying every so often, let's just stop right now and rest? It was it was very, very important that God's word would be fulfilled to the tiniest detail. Because from thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, a child will be born. It was the prophecy. You're sitting in the room this morning and you have totally lost the wonder of it all. He is worthy. Of our praise. He is the supernatural God. And you have gotten discouraged. And have given up on the miracle working Jesus. His name makes demons run. We live in a demonic world. A world full of thieves. Liars. Sent by Satan. To destroy us. Caesar was upset. He wasn't exalted. Of all things, if a king is going to come, and the Messiah has finally come, and Caesar doesn't care anyway, but if the Messiah has actually come, certainly it would have been declared to the mightiest and strongest of angels and revealed to the highest of the echelon of that day. But it wasn't. 
It was declared to the kids who had no parents, the ones who were the rejects in school, the people like Jesse and me who had nothing good to fall back on but God. Are you with me? Because God is good. I have watched God take the paralyzation of sin out of multiple people's lives. Oh, yes, yes. He took us out of garbage and set our feet on the rock. And some people think that you're crazy if you get up and sing like you mean it and want to dance and shout. But if you've come out of muck and mire and garbage like the shepherds did, they couldn't even imagine why would the light shine to us. Why us? Do you ever ask yourself, why me? You know why that young lady texted me last night? I looked at my phone and she texted me because it put me in the correct mindset because we had gone, stopped at the mall real quickly and the mall was just full of people. Don't ever go there. On a day like yesterday, I, it's the most multi-ethnic group of people you have ever seen in your life. And we ran into a couple from my previous church with their three little children who were a part of getting me thrown out. And my wife, you got to know my wife. She's just like, hi. And she's hugging them, stopped them dead in their tracks. Hi, everybody. And, oh, the husband, I could tell he wanted to beat the crap out of me. And I just thought, no, 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 no. I'm going to love you anyway. I know you. Hey, wait, wait a second. I know you. We're good friends. You went to Vietnam with me, and you sat in the same room with the other guys and me, and I led you to Christ. On the end of that bed there, you said, I'm not safe, and you got saved. When you're being immoral with your girlfriend, I said, God is not interested. He loves you. Let me just clear that up today. God is not interested in your immorality. He's not interested in whether you're gay or whatever the situation may be. He is interested in a true relationship with you. I, I promise you that. Do you know it's not just the enemy that is hard on us and destroying us? It's, it's us. We're beating ourselves up constantly, and God has revealed himself to us, or we wouldn't even be sitting in here today. You are here by God's divine design. Yes, you are. I'll take anyone. I will take all the tired and poor at Rock Church because we are not interested, even though it looks like we might be, in being cool. We're interested in being available and being loving. You'll see it by the last video I show in a moment. I sat at the kitchen counter last night. My daughter, Danielle, stopped over. And she was there, and my wife was there, and I always do my studying at her kitchen counter. And Dave Fry sent me a video, and I just sobbed. I never used to be able to cry in front of my family. I just thought it was less than manly if you ever let a tear out. You know how it is when you go to a movie and you don't want anyone to know you're crying, but you're always falling apart? You're just such a big wuss. You're sitting there and you're trying to hold it in so bad, and you're just like, your body's like shaking. Am I, you know what I'm talking about? Like, men don't cry. I think they do. I really do. I think they do. I sat at the kitchen counter just sobbing because I realized something after all these years of ministry in my life. God's not interested in me building some other big church. He's interested in the girl that texted me while we're at the mall because she was despondent and didn't know what to do. Her mom was sent to prison. 
for five years. Her dad was depressed because of it. And who wouldn't be? And then you, you must think about it this way. She was a little baby once, an innocent little baby held in someone's arms, and the devil got her. This year at Rock Church, we must show love, not hatred, not racism, not bigotry, not homophobia, not any of those things. We must show love. Because Jesus came to the shepherds, and I'll guarantee you, they went, Shazam! You see that light? They were the thieves. They were the crooks. They were the lowlife that no one wanted to hang out with. And by the way, there's nowhere that says there were three of them. We changed the story. My wife even last night was says, are you sure there wasn't a donkey? And I said, do you trust me? You trust me? And she goes, I just don't want you to get up there and say there's no donkey. I said, I'm telling you, there was no donkey. There was no donkey. If there was a donkey, it's not even important. They still had to go 90 miles for you and for me. Caesar was dependent on armies. Jesus wanted us to know that peace comes without armies. Where sin withers in the face of truth where mercy rules in the arena of human society and where love conquers fear. That's where Jesus is. Cast all your fears upon him because he cares about you. I looked last night to see how many times does it say, fear not, because guess what? The story of Christmas is about a story of love. The story of Caesar is a story of fear. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. When you get the love of Christ in you, all that other garbage leaves. This is what God told me last night. You will know a true Christian by their love, not by their hate. I felt I literally walked away from that couple thinking, I've been there for you through thick and thin, and you cannot look at me. The reality is this, my pride wanted to say, be bitter, but God said, no, be better. Don't live there. People, you, there are hurting people in the room. There are, very, there, there are very many people that are hurting. Something has happened in your life, you don't totally understand it, but God says to you, I don't care about any of that, I love you. Luke 2. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They didn't sing. The glory of the Lord just came around the shepherds with the angels. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. That is the one thing that God said to them that he's saying to us every day. Don't be afraid. I got you. Right? I've got you at work. I've got you in my hand. I've got you who got involved in addictive behaviors. I got you. I paid for you. I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people to you as born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds looked at each other and said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. Correct a couple more things here. No innkeeper. 
we made that up. Most likely, they went to some relatives and said they went there to pay their taxes, and that's where they were originally from. They probably went to a relative, and because so many people were in town, the relative said, all we have is this accommodation, because if you travel to other parts of the world, even today, there is a, there's a barn connected to the house. It's right in the house. And they probably said, the only place that we have, and she said, I'm going to have a baby, but the only place that we have for you is the manger over there. No innkeeper, no pretty little clean story like we see. That is what they experienced with the animals, the king of all creation, the Lord of glory who could pop in this room right now and do anything he wanted to do. That's who we serve. He is worthy of our praise today. You are worthy of our praise today, Lord. I have been wrong for many, many years. I told my wife in tears at the counter last night in front of my daughter, Danielle, who's not interested in coming to church now. I said, I've been wrong. When you preach and make people feel worse about who they are, that is not what Jesus does. He brings hope into your life and love. He brings a desire to want to change because you know who he is. He's the king of glory. They went to the shepherds and said, we know that you'll probably think this is crazy. And angels always appeared as men. But we want you to know, a star will take you to the actual place where the Messiah. Wasn't that song beautiful that she just sang? Messiah. The star will take you to the Messiah of all creation. And they had to look at each other like I look at myself because I'm a screw up, a mess up, and I have a lot of people that don't like me. But he does. Come come on, come on. You know this is true. You've been depressed. You've been discouraged. You don't know what's going on in your life right now. He does. Right, Jesse? Right? He knows and wants to use us, and he wants a relationship with us. It's not based on how much you drink or don't drink or whether you're a homosexual or not a homosexual. It's not based on what everybody else is. It's based on the fact that he came out of love for us because he wants a relationship with us. Don't be afraid. If I had anything to say today and I need to stop, it would be this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear brings nothing but hopelessness. This is what I know about Rock Church. Rock Church will go on. Much to a lot of people's dismay, Rock Church will go on, and this year, God will reveal his mighty power to us in ways you can't imagine. Don't give up. Listen, listen, wife, wife, don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up, husbands, on your wife. People, don't give up on, I didn't even tell my wife this, don't give up on your family. God is not trying to castigate you or throw you out. Last night, my youngest brother, Tim, who I have good reason to be mad at, came into my life this last year in, a, in an amazing way. But last night, he wrote to me and I asked him, I said, what are you going to do on Christmas? And he said, Christmas Eve, I'm going to pick up dad so he can be with us. And I want to be with my kids. And he texted me in again and he, and after we talked a little bit. And he said, brother, I love you. I am so glad that you are in my life. Ooh, God, that's just a, a sizzling gift from God. It's God, oh, God, God, listen, listen, people. God wants to reconcile relationships. 
He's not interested in what sin you've committed or even are committing. God has forgiven all of them. It is us who looks at them. God says, you are forgiven. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love you. I think that it's too easy to judge people by the outside rather than the inside. God's the lover of the downcast, the nobodies, the ones who don't have it all together. That's me. <laughs> I don't have it all together. I need him. You need him. He is the only one this year that can bring wholeness to you. Oh, God, you are the Lord of glory. You are the Lord that tells us, don't be afraid. I bring you tidings of great joy. The Messiah is about to be born. Right at the right time, ladies and gentlemen, God always intervenes. Right at the right time. As soon as we ran into that family at the mall, I just felt depressed inside and heavy hearted. And I get a text from this girl who says, please pray for me. I'm so sad because my mom has gone to prison for five years and God made me think, adjust your thinking. Stop worrying about self and love others. And if, if right at that moment I got home, went to the counter to, to and I, I couldn't even stop crying when I looked at this video because they said, God, I am very sorry for trying to cater to people who, who have it all together when you want me to love the homeless. The empty, the broken, the cast out. 